We're recording, so let me sing the song. Ask the editor with Gus and Laws. <laughs> yes, the famous song. It is famous. I, I want to send you something, if if you don't mind. I'm gonna mm-hmm. send you. I'm gonna send you something on the on the Zoom chat. You know, my computer's warning me that there's a potential <laughs> security issue detected. What are you trying to do, Gus? <laughs> I see it. I see it. I see uh, Ask the Editor, episode three, and then there are six. Is that a table or is that, what is that? I'm not a very good artist. And so what I was trying to draw, those is, is are- Is it a game show? Yeah, yeah. Th- those are six doors of opportunity. In fact, I added just a little bit. Open, open the, uh, the second picture. Curious blog, old man Gus. <laughs> because at first my thought was this is old man gus's mansion and there's six doors of opportunity and curious laws <laughs> walks in and she's gonna open the doors and what's inside but um i think that's okay and the name of the game is there are six doors of opportunity and behind each door there's a question and behind each question there are 20 points and if you accrue 100 points over the course of the game, uh, you'll get the grand prize of winning the game. And, and if you don't get all hundred points, I forget what we decided, but no matter what, we all, we're all gonna win. But, I think uh, we all decided that we're all losers here. <laughs> <laughs> Only a loser would say we're all gonna win no matter what. Uh, okay, so, so that's the game. Uh, do you have any questions? No. Okay, so, um, Laws, which door would you like to open today? Four. Door number four. The name of the game behind door number four is this versus that. This one's quite tricky. There are two words, and I need you to explain the difference between the two for 20 points. The words are air and air, which is funny because I actually wrote air and hair. (laughs) But but I miswrote it. That's wrong. It's actually air and air. What two words am I talking about? Well, you miswrote one of them as air. Yeah, you're you're talking about air, as in the air that we breathe. I would think that sounds like a, a praise and worship song. A I R. Yeah. Uh, or you know, as an airplane, airline, Ooh. air. I think most people know that word. Then the slightly trickier air, H-E-I-R, speaking about, for example, an heir to the throne. Are you a fan of uh, Lord of the Rings? Um, I have sat through the first movie. (laughs) No. I do like the idea of having second breakfast. That's a proponent. Anyway, the, the whole reason I'm bringing it up is because a big um, theme in that movie is the heir to the throne of Gondor. You know, there's this uh, guy who's in charge of Gondor, but he's not the king. He's the steward. He's just waiting for the king to come take it back. And the king is the heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before I forget, Laws, can I say something? Mm-hmm. I had a big mistake in episode two that I just want to <laughs> clear up. <laughs> I just want to clear up for all of our listeners out there for the 
the millions of ears that have buds in them and that are, that are listening to Ask the Editor. Um, I asked you about the difference between homophone, homogram, and homonyms. Well, uh, to my uh, consummate embarrassment, homogram is not a word. <laughs> it's not. The word is homograph. Words that are written the same but sound but have different pronunciation. The homograph, yeah. Air and air qualify as homophones. Exactly. Air and air qualify as homophones because they sound the same, but they have different meanings. And they're spelled different. Do homophones have to be spelled differently, or do they just? They have to be spelled differently. Homo uh -huh. Homophones have to sound the same and spell different. Homographs have to be spelled the same and sound different, and homonyms have to be spelled the same, sound the same, but different meaning. I should splice this into episodes. You should. Make us look good, God. <laughs> well, Laz, you are heir to the throne of 20 points on this one. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, five doors left. Which door do you want to go to in Old Man Gus's mansion? Can you take me? Three doors down, Gus. Uh, yeah, so let's say this is a circular room. So I'm going to go five, six, one. Because you just came out of, you know, you came out of door four. You could have turned left or turned right. And I, I made the command decision that you turned left to five, then six. And then you just kind of went all the way back around to one. Oh, I was going to say, can I? Oh, no. <laughs> I just wanted door number three. But I wanted to make a joke about the band three doors down. Oh, I see. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you, I'll give you door number three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Door number three. You turn the knob, you plunge into the darkness to find yourself face to face with a game called Get to the Root of It, where we get to the root of it. So uh, the root word is omni. Several examples float to the top of my mind to start, but I want to hear your examples and see if they're the same as the ones that floated to the top. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. I just wrote down three words that start with omni, and I'm going to give you uh, as many guesses as you want. And if you get these right, you get all the points. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Is one of them omnivore? Yes. Oh, my. Oh, well, it, uh, it was omnivore, and I changed it to omnivorous. Yeah, you get it. So you get a cool seven and one third points for that one. <laughs> okay. So omnivore. Mm -hmm. uh, um, omnipresent. No, but that is close. That's, that's a word that I use sometimes with the people that I edit for. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I tell them at work that I am omnipresent as a sort of ooh, as a sort of scare tactic. So, what does omnipresent mean, and what does omnivore mean? So, omni means all or each, all encompassing. So uh, I think that it's really easy when we think about like the roots of words. So if, if we think about a carnivore, lots of people know the word carnivore, it means you eat. So then take the vore sort of section, add it to omni. What does it mean? You, you eat everything. You eat meat, you eat plants, <laughs> the whole nine yards. Another good expression. Oh. Omnipresent. Uh, the reason that I tell that to a lot of the consultants I edit for is because it means that I'm everywhere. I am present in all places. And so I want them, when they're writing their reports, to feel like the editor, me, is, is always standing over their shoulder, 
<laughs> I tell them that I am omnipresent. And then that, so that one is not on your list, but there's a third example of this word. And I, I have very vivid memory of how I learned this word, actually. And I wonder if this word is on your list. Okay. Let's hear Omnipotent. It. Omnipotent is on my word list. Can you imagine where I may have learned this word? I learned it from friends. There's an episode where they're all sitting in Central Perk and uh, they're all saying, if, if I could be omnipotent for a day, you uh, know, and, and they all go through and they take their turn. Um, all right. Well, you didn't guess yeah. my third word. Yeah, I'm going to give you one more try to guess. Well, my third oh, word. oh, 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 hold on. OK, so those are the, the three words I think of. Uh, another word that would be on your list that starts with omni. Give it to me. It's omniscient, all knowing. Uh huh. Okay, you get 15 points. Um, you get 15. You actually got 14 and two thirds, but uh, you know, I am omni gracious and I'm giving you all the graces <laughs> and uh, changing it to 15. So you, you have 35 points. All right, Laws. Door three and four, so the, the, uh, the, the, middle, the middle doors of the manse or the mansion are down. Um, what, uh, what do you want now? One, two, five, or six? I would like, or I, I really enjoy the tutors. <laughs> the two doors. <laughs> the two doors. The two Door number two. Okay. You are going to like this one. I love this one. All right. Door number two, you open it up, you plunge into the darkness to find yourself in G-R-E corner. Okay, G-R-E corner. The word, and you just have to tell me what it is for 20 points and what it means and why it means that is capricious. Erratic, unpredictable. I think that capricious reminds me a lot of omni in the sense that it's used in so many words that we actually know that you can really easily figure out what it means. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, Laws? Well, how much of a fan of astrology are you? I love astrology. And believe it or not, we even talked about this in a previous episode. I'll, I'll circle back to that. What did, oh, okay. Oh, Wait, what's going. your... What's your, you know, uh, sign? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a Leo. Oh, of course you are. I'm a Leo too. I forgot. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Within range of each other. Hey, Leo, buddy. Um, well, do you remember what animal Capricorn is? Like, if you could also be into astronomy, you know, if you enjoy stargazing and you enjoy finding the Capricorn uh, constellation, what animal does it make? Would it be a goat? Yes. The C-A-P-R-I um, prefix, if you go back, sort of refers to a goat. And so if you think of a goat as a stubborn animal that is quick to change its mind, you might think of, of something erratic or unpredictable. And you also I, might think of Capricorn, which is literally a goat. I think that's... Fantastic laws. I love that you brought that up. You know, I saw a video a few days ago of some, some baby goats jumping around on the hood of a car, 
like an old car in the field. And, and I always think of like goats, like jumping around, like they can't decide to jump this way or that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to give you 19 points and I'm going to add one point. If you can tell me when we talked about this in a previous episode. What do, so we talked about astrology specifically? Well, in a, ra- in a roundabout way, in a roundabout way. Is that a hint? Uh, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, it is a hint. I didn't even think of it, but yeah, that's a big hint. I forget. <laughs> I don't even remember. We talked about <clears throat> we talked about the Tropic of Capricorn, the Tropic oh, of Cancer, of and the Tropic. Okay, of- that actually did come up in my. <laughs> that actually did pop up in my mind, <laughs> like three minutes ago, probably. I think that did pop up in my in my mind. You get 19 points, which is not bad, Laws, which brings you up to 54 points. Nail biter. Okay, moving on. Three more doors. Which would you like? I have no more jokes left, and I would just like to pick door number one. Door number one is idiom of the week. Okay. The idiom this week uh, is, can you explain what it means if I were to say that was the straw that broke camel's back. Yes, I can explain what that means. <laughs> okay. I want I, every, all of our mothers who are listening <laughs> and who will ever listen to this podcast, I want them to imagine a camel that has many straws on its back and the weight is increasingly becoming unbearable. And then you put on the final straw and the camel collapses. And I think that uh, this expression, really the, the emphasis in this expression is that there's a sort of turning point event that puts something over the edge rather than you know focusing on the fact that it was all of this weight that broke the camel's back. It's this final event in maybe a series of events that really puts everything together. What do you think? I, I totally agree. I, I kind of feel like the important thing is that a straw is very light and a camel is very durable. In fact, I saw, I, I saw a bunch of camels today, but a, a straw is light and a camel is durable, like very strong and sturdy, right? And so, I mean, people ride on camels. Two people could ride on a camel, probably even three. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, I was watching a documentary where uh, Egyptians had these camels carrying like a bunch of like the sort of fronds from palm trees, which I can't imagine are light. And it was carrying no. a huge load. I couldn't believe it. That's right. No. It, and so you add just one little almost weightless, but a little more than weightless, like a one ounce straw and then Mm. the whole thing goes right so it's like you know in your life if you feel like this is happening and that's happening and all these to-dos are weighing down on you and you just can't take anymore and then somebody just makes like a passing comment something that's normally negligible just that little Mm -hmm. thing falls on you and then yeah it reminds me of saying you know you bend until you break Mm. you know the break only takes that last little bit 
That's but right. Really, all that bending the whole way. That yeah. All that yeah. Boop 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 boop, yeah. and then one last little drop. You break. Yeah. Two more doors. Door five and six. Which one is it? Uh, let's go six and then five. Okay. Okay. Six is is a puzzle for your brain. <clears throat> I, I wrote I wrote a, a short story. I'm gonna read it and then and then I want you to guess the answer. Okay. You you should put it in the form of a riddle, but next time. Okay. Well, when I was in college, I'm gonna read it like I'm a narrator. When I was in college. I had two really good friends, a couple of girls, and we would always go study together. Crazy enough, they both had the same name, Laurel. We studied a lot, you know, and they were more <laughs> diligent than me. So sometimes when we were all studying, you know, they were in a real state of flow. I would come over and stretch out, you know, actually lay across them, you know, put my head in one of Laurel's lap and my legs propped up on the other. But then the librarian would come in and she would see me snoozing like this, stretched out between my friends. What do you think the librarian yelled at me? She said, stop resting on your laurels. That's exactly what she said. You get a full 20 for this one. Oh, you got a full 20 for the last one. Okay. You get a full 20 for this one. Um, so what does that mean? Did I, did I, did I nail it? Did I, did I hit it out of the park? You did, you did. Anybody who rests on their laurels has to have two friends, at least two friends, named Laurel. And so it's a very niche phrase. Very or niche. what you could be doing is resting on what laurels have historically represented. Laurel, this sort of like leaf from a, from a bush, I think, which makes a crown. Okay. Signifying your glory, your your championness. Okay. Kind of like at the Olympics, you know. I think aren't the Olympic circles weren't they historically like crowns, like laurel crowns, or is that? Oh, right? you might. I don't know, but you might be right. They it might have been, yeah, a crown of laurels. Yeah, like, because like Caesar. It goes back that far in history. The Greeks. Yeah, like 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 Caesar. Um, Caesar Augustus wore uh, wore laurels, and so when you're when you're resting on them, you are either resting on at least two people named laurels, or you might be getting a bit lazy and resting on your previous accomplishments. Credit to all Olympians, but um, yeah, it just means that maybe you got you're you're riding the wave, and uh, you had a previous accomplishment, and now you're just kind of maybe. Maybe to the point of complacency or getting a little lazy. So if you got a medal in the Olympics or if you, if you even competed in the Olympics, you probably were not resting on your laurels. At that time, no. Maybe later, I don't but, know. Is it yeah, possible? Maybe. I mean, cause it's, just, it's about your former, your former right. winning, former glory, your former success. So it means to be satisfied with your achievements and to not make an effort to do anything else. So an example sentence would be, just because you have your degree doesn't mean you can rest on your laurels. Something which is your crown, a laurel, yeah. you have to earn it. You have to yeah. keep earning it every day. You have to earn day. the laurels before you can be lazy in this, in this expression. You could just also always be lazy. You just won't have any laurels to rest on. So if I felt like a real failure because I never accomplished anything 
and my and my friend laws was telling me oh gus don't rest on your laurels i could say i don't even have any laurels to rest on exactly i think i think that is is yeah the expression and that's how it's used yeah all the times somebody tells me not to rest on my laurels okay you have 92 laws points okay uh -huh. which means there's 20 left behind door number five, and you need to grab 12 of those to win the game. Okay, wish me luck. Are you ready for nature and geography? I feel like I need to, you know, I feel like maybe everyone shouldn't be the same exact, you know, way of saying it. Anyways, I'll think on it. Number five, nature and geography. What? is the Trans-Siberian Railroad, and where in the world does it go? <laughs> the Trans-Siberian Railroad. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? The question is, what is the Trans-Siberian Railroad, and where in the world does it go? It's a railroad that crosses through or that spans Siberia, which is in Mother Russia. Oh, yeah. Wait, are you Russian? You sound just uh, like it. You're on to me. So, uh, I don't know if it actually goes outside of Siberia. Si Siberia. Siberia. <laughs> I don't know if it goes outside Siberia, but... I believe it does. I believe that you can board it somewhere like in Moscow, or if you're from Idaho, Moscow. But yes, it is Moscow, Russia. And I think you can get on there and go from Moscow to Vladivostok. Did you take the Trans-Siberian Railroad there? No, I took a boat. So Trans-Siberian, so, so, so break it down. We know what Siberia is. It's that place in Russia, but what does trans mean? It means to cross. It does. So a transatlantic flight, for example, would be cross the Atlantic. That's exactly right. Transcendentalism. Oh, to transcend the mind. To transcend, yeah. Sorry, to, to just simplify transcendentalism a little bit. To cross over to yeah. a higher plane of thinking. Or, the, or, or after the American Civil War, the Transcontinental Railroad. Yep, tra over the continent. Well, um, you know, Laws, I'm going to give you a full 20 points, which, which uh, puts you in the lead with... Um, uh, uh, 112 big ones. Anyway, the very, right. last, the very last thing is I have a bonus question, okay? One bonus question. And if you get it right, you get one point. But if you get okay. it wrong, you lose 13 points. Okay. Okay. So I have three themes for you, okay? Theme one, coffee and things. Theme two, South Africa. Theme number three, American roads. I would like the theme of kafefe. Coffee, please. Kafefe. <laughs> since I'm having my morning coffee, and since it has been a central theme to our conversation, uh, let's go with coffee. So let me get to the bonus question of coffee and things. 
in the world today, there are three primary regions of the world that produce coffee. If you can name all three, you'll get one point. If you cannot, you'll lose 13. Okay, so I'd like to guess the sort of northern strip of South America, okay. where you've got Peru, Brazil, Colombia, Central America, like Guatemala. And then in Africa, I think the sort of most common producers would be Ethiopia, surrounding countries. So maybe sort of around the eastern, what is that, the horn? And then I want to go with like, obviously Asia is huge, but sort of like the Indonesian belt. And that okay. sort of area there. Um, I think in Vietnam they produce coffee as well. You get a point, Laws, which takes you up to 113. That Ta-da! is the big winner for the day. And you were absolutely right. And you and you could have said the those continental regions, like the South American, African, and uh, island Asian regions, primarily the regions within or close to about the tropics. Anyway, um, do you have anything else? Uh, you're the big winner. Um, no. we're, we're done recording? Uh, almost. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, all you listeners. Uh, join us next time for Ask the Editor with Gus and Laws. Bye. Bye. Please edit the three doors down joke out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will do my best. Can you imagine where I may have learned this word? Do you remember it being used in pop culture anywhere? But, oh, in pop culture? Was it in a Three Doors Down song? <laughs> no, no. What's the most controversial thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> <laughs> no, guess I want to go into this. <laughs> Do you ever use the word potentate? No. It sounds great, though. <laughs> it sounds like potato. <laughs> what are you cooking potentate i have some carrots some some corned beef ash and some potentates <laughs> gotcha. um, in a roundabout way here i'm gonna uh, uh, italicize one of my words in a round <laughs> i have to say i think i was getting it <laughs> You know, my tooth hurts. Isn't it strange? When's the last time you went to the dentist? Uh, well, you know what's funny is I had a, a dentist appointment scheduled for yesterday, but I skipped it. Maybe it's related in the sense that you didn't go and now you feel like you should have. So we're, we're done recording? Um, no.